Hello, hello, and welcome to the September 2022 episode of the Shangri-La Records podcast. I am your host, J.D. Rieger. This month on the show, our guest is Sunweight, and we'll get to them in just a second. But right now, let's start this episode the way we start every episode. And that's by checking in with Shangri-La Records co-owner, John Miller. Uh, th- I thought you were going to say poorly. I thought you were going to say we're going to start it poorly. Because uh, that, that's normally how we stumble into it. But it, it gets going and uh, picks up steam. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for uh, checking in. Uh, yeah. Here we are. It's September already. So S- Sweat Fest, that was a huge success. Yeah, smashing. <laughs> smashing success. Probably the biggest day we've ever had. Biggest uh, one the store's ever had. I yeah, can't believe uh, it. Yeah, we're, we're still recovering. We'll, we'll, we'll still be up there. You can come see us. But if we're a little dragon, you'll know why. It was, it was a real sweat bath. So I know we've got a couple of ticket giveaways coming up this month that you wanted to mention. That's correct? Yeah, yeah, that is that is correct. Uh, we've uh, started uh, a new partnership with um, uh, Graceland Live, so there's a lot of cool stuff coming up there. There'll be comedy uh, stuff to be on the lookout for, but uh, immediately in September, uh, Beach House will be playing up there, and that is, let me double check, make sure I've got the date right. Uh, that is going to be on Monday, September 26th. Uh, so look for those tickets uh, pretty soon. Those will be coming. And we're going to have a few pairs of tickets that to give away, right? Right, right. And then uh, following directly on the heels of that uh, September 26th show, uh, Saturday and Sunday, October 1st and 2nd, uh, the Shoals Fest that will be happening down in Alabama, uh, we've got tickets for that. And that's got everybody from Jason Isbell, Dryan and Criven, uh, Dryan and Driving and crying is the name of the band that uh, we all know and love. Um, Britney Spencer, who, if you haven't seen Jason Isbell in the last number of years when he's touring, he's had Britney Spencer on with him, and she's incredible. Uh, really, really unbelievable vocalist. Um, there'll also be uh, uh, Mississippi uh, blues guitarist Kingfish Ingram, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, uh, Amanda Shires, John Moreland, and a lot more. Uh, so look for those tickets. Those uh, will be on our socials coming up soon. So definitely keep an eye peeled yep. for those. Anyone who wants tickets for Beach House or Shoals Fest, keep tuned to the Shangri-La IG and Twitter and et cetera. And et cetera is what Meta is now, I guess, yeah, I et cetera. The, yeah, they're great. We love Meta. So there's some big shows in Memphis not directly affiliated with the store, but one in September, one of which is Gonerfest. That's a pretty big weekend for the shop, though, right? Yeah, Gonerfest is always so great. You know, uh, we're, we're so pumped to see both the local bands that are coming together in cool different lineups, as well as, you know, stuff that, you know, the Goner guys are always great about bringing in our Aussie friends and everything. So, a uh, lot to look forward to there. If y'all haven't heard Michael Beach yet, uh, they're bringing him in. He has a new record coming out, and the last one that uh, Goner put out was seriously great. Uh, he's just a really, really cool garage artist. Um, you should check him out if, if you haven't yet. Uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff uh, there. Aquarium Blood, another uh, killer local band, Ibex Clone. Um, Shannon and the Clams are the headliner, I think, right? Well, along with Compulsive Gamblers, oh, uh, sure, who, sure. who will be uh, reuniting. Uh, Offum, uh, which is really, uh, I mean, I'm sure y'all have heard the Unapologetic Hip Hop Collective, but he's got some really cool new stuff coming up. And then uh, R.L. Boyce will be your uh, uh, Mississippi Blues come down on Sunday. So a lot of, a lot of great stuff that's happening uh, during Garnerfest. Well, all right, John. I know you also have some uh, some new records that you came across in the shop that you wanted to tell some folks about. What 
what do you got there in your little phone? <laughs> in my little my little notes, so I remember things. Uh, yeah, there's been a ton of stuff that we've had uh, in the shop lately. Um, we've had tons of CDs, tons of 45s, LPs, and like really wide spanning genres. But um, some of the highlights, uh, we got a great, great grip of uh, Sun 45s. Just really super clean stuff that you don't see a whole lot from Roy Orbison's Rock House, uh, Billy Riley's Red Hot, Sonny Burgess's Red Headed Woman, Carl Perkins' Bop in the Blues, and uh, a Barbara Pittman, I Need a Man, which is the first one I've seen in the shop in the last eight years. So uh, a lot of cool stuff there that probably won't hang around too long. Uh, you can come visit us or check on our Discogs page. Uh, we'll have a lot of stuff up there. Uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of action on the Discogs page. Yeah, Discogs is moving quick. It's it's crazy. Uh, something about a global market with records at your fingertips. Who who would have known? Um, but yeah, uh, we've also got uh, like I said, a, a lot of cool LPs. I got some stuff uh, out of uh, a Jody Stevens private collection. So there's some really cool power pop stuff. Uh, some stuff that was either recorded at Ardent or uh, stuff that he's just been friends with some of these bands and they sent him some stuff. So there's a really awesome uh, limited edition Jellyfish uh, belly button LP that we've got. Um, we should put stickers on those records that say used to belong to Jody Stevens. I think they might they might go a little faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that once for uh, some Luther Dickinson stuff, and those did go real, real fast. We had like some Sandy Bull and uh, you know a few other things. That he Take that under advisement. Well, th thanks for the tip for the thing we're already doing. That's great. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to keep doing that. Um, but yeah, yeah, tons of tons of cool stuff. Like I said, you know, uh, we got a great jazz collection with uh, some a bunch of Chet Baker, um, some Grant Green on Blue Notes, some other uh, cool Blue Notes in there, um, as well as like some really cool psych and prog stuff, including uh, Pato's 1970 self-titled uh, LP on Vertigo, which is really wild. If you haven't heard that one, highly recommend it. Right on. Well. John, shall we get to the guest? Yeah, I think everybody's heard me talk enough. Let's please get anybody else up here. All right, let's bring him up and let's try to get a little bit of applause going for him. Here we go. Sunweight. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Does everybody want to get one a hello in? He didn't get a hello in. Are you in there? <laughs> Thank you for having us. All right, y'all. Well, I know I've met Nate before this, but I don't know the rest of the band's names. Do you want to introduce everybody? Yeah, I can introduce everybody. On bass, guitar, and uh, banana, Alan Wade. <laughs> On the circle skins and synthesizer, Actually, you do synthesizer. Alan does synthesizer too. We all do synthesizer, except for Josh. He does synthesizer with his feet. Um, we have Julia Mulhern. And then we have on saxophone and snuff, Joshua Aguilar. <laughs> so tell me, how did, how did y'all get together? Alan and I played in a band together. I played drums, and uh, he was playing bass, and we kind of just formed a nice little relationship as a rhythm section, and then that band disbanded, and ultimately I was writing a bunch of music on guitar. I've been playing guitar my whole life, so I was writing a bunch of music on guitar. 
And I hit him up and was trying to just write songs. And so we went through a slew of drummers and we met Julia after a little while. They both played in the University of Memphis jazz band together. And so uh, that kind of formed Sunweight as, <clears throat> as like an entity. And then uh, we put out a couple records and then we met Josh. And uh, he's been playing with us ever since. How would you describe the sound of the band? I mean, I know you guys do some jazz shows and you do some more like prog, rocky type stuff too. Which, which scene do you most closely identify with? We're kind of like Black Sabbath mixed with King Crimson, I would say. I, def I definitely hear the King Crimson thing when I, I listen to the EP on Spotify, and I, I definitely hear the King Crimson thing. Yeah, I, I personally love um, progressive and jazz music a lot. Um, I mean, I think, you know, like Herbie Hancock and people like that, just especially like, and even getting into funk like James Brown, a lot of those influences kind of curated our sound. It feels real genre fluid. Like you know, it doesn't have to be any one thing uh, from song to song, but there is a consistency throughout that. Uh, you know, in terms of like writing those songs, do you all have a method that you do as a band, or does any you know does everybody bring their own kind of tunes to it? Just because it is so eclectic. Well, uh, we switch it up uh, every record pretty much is what we try to do. Just like make sure we never do the same thing twice and to just like always keep it moving keep it on our feet. And um, yeah, like for Feral, which is the first one, um, that's more, uh, what would you say? It's more like, I guess, I don't want to say standard songs because it's still like weird, but um, more like three and a half to four or five minute songs. Um, while it, whereas uh, our new one, Cannon Hip, is, uh, was conceived as a whole. It's all one thing, which kind of goes into the genre fluid thing. It's also like kind of song fluid. It all flows uh, together. And I think a lot of uh, like what we do is really trying to, um, I guess, try to uh, not put ourselves in a box outright rather than like drawing the box and filling it. We kind of like are us. And then everybody else can just draw the box later if they want to. I mean, we just kind of try to make the music that we think is cool and that makes us happy. And I, we always want to do something that hasn't been done before because, you know, there's plenty of people that are doing things that, the way they've always been done. And we study that, too, and we really respect that. I mean, we have, yeah, like Black Sabbath, King Crimson. We were going into, like, Herbie Hancock. Uh, we're all big Jimmy Smith and Lionel Hampton fans here. Um, yeah, we... Yeah, we all we we consider ourselves students of music as much as we consider ourselves like artists and performers, and I think we like try to reflect that. For show. Sure. Well, you have a new EP out. What, what's the title of it? Uh, it's called Canon Hip, and, and uh, it's out in digital formats now, but it's coming out on vinyl soon. Correct. It'll it should be out this month. Um, this month. Yeah. That's September. Right on. Oh so. yes. <laughs> We're in September. Oh. John Paul Keith was here last month, right? That's correct. That's correct. That was a great. That was a great episode. Yeah, you really should all check we, that out. We're, we're fans of him. We like that guy. Yeah, we're still recovering from Sweatfest over here. So forgive us if we forgot what month. Oh, I mean, I, I was. If you saw me at Sweatfest, I was barely wearing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how did you make this new EP? Where did you record it? Who did you record it with? The whole, the whole thing. I'll take. Okay. Um, 
So we have all consistently worked with, we were called Geist before we were called Sunweight, and we did an EP at Ardent where um, I had, a long, long time ago, I was playing drums, and I was playing with someone, and we won a contest for the Salvation Army where you get to record one song. You get two hours, basically, to record one song for this compilation CD that the Salvation Army was going to put out. And so I was playing drums, and we went to Ardent, and lo and behold, Mike Wilson, uh, and he's a world-renowned producer, he was the engineer that day. And so I met him, and I we, we hit it off really well. We had a lot of the same like interests as, as far as art and music. And so we kind of clicked. And, and when I met Alan and eventually Julia, we started writing these songs. And I had emailed him, because he was still pretty much the head person, ed engineer at least, at, um, at Ardent. And he got us in there, and we recorded five songs. And from then, it sparked a very, very deep relationship. I mean, I consider Mike one of my closest friends. And uh, he's worked on Feral and now Canon Hipped with us. And so whenever we go out to do records, I it's, it's sometimes, it's mostly just me and him going to look at studios and kind of figuring out what we want to do with uh, the sound that we're creating. Because we all write the music before we I mean, everything is pretty much to a T. We know what we're going to do before we record it because we're broke and um, we cannot afford to spend more than maybe like four or five days in a studio because it's expensive. And Mike, you know, we have to pay Mike and stuff too. So being very calculated, we I go to studios that kind of will fit the record that I think... Um, I go to studios that I think will fit the record. And so we ended up at Music and Arts, which is kind of a jazz studio. But the moment I walked in there, the room really, um, the room kind of just resonated with me, not to be cliche. Um, and But I, it had like a really nice uh, wall in it, like a nice, cool, I don't know. Anyway, I liked it. I did a couple snaps, a couple claps. I liked the way the room felt. And I liked um, Daniel who was also the assistant engineer there. And it just it just worked out. And so we did, a, I think, three or four days uh, for tracking. And then we did it like another th um, two or three days for mixing there, in between there and Mike's house. And what does Mike bring to the table creatively that helps you guys get from you know, these ideas to a finished product? I feel like we bring Mike a kind of uh, chaotic idea, and then he kind of insane uh, uh, suggestions. <laughs> he understands kind of our insane uh, approach to what we want to do, and so he he just understands us. Even like from the first time we met, when we first started doing records, he came to where our rehearsal space and. Um, took notes, and I was like, this guy's awesome. And when we did that, uh, yeah, I mean, he just, he kind of understands what, what we want out of this, and so he just helps us create. And I mean, he's just, he, he knows microphones, and he knows preamps, and he just can mix, I mean, he's just got a great ear and a great brain. And so, and we just are 
we love the same things, and he kind of understands what we want. Are you doing lots of experimenting in the studio, or are you pretty much just going in with a list and checking checking things off as you go? We pretty much go in with just like a checklist, and everything's ready to go. And as we just get done with the stuff, we just check it off. There is some experimentation, but pretty much everything you hear is calculated and written, and we know what is going to happen. How does that differ differ from you know when you're playing live? You know, being a, a band that is more genre fluid and is going to have jazz influences. You know, j half of jazz is improvisation. So, how much does that change for you in the live setting versus uh, you know when you're putting something together for a studio? We definitely improvise a lot more live. Um, just however it's feeling, uh, like by the night, by the show. Um, will be, I can even tell, like if we're doing the same songs with different things we've been into or however everyone's been feeling that day, how we'll be reacting to the crowd's energy too. Um, and I feel like it just kind of, we just keep that present-minded kind of philosophy towards it, especially, I mean, and when we're writing, we do that too, but when we're writing, it's more of, you know, we kind of whittle it down, like we were saying, into um, what will work best for listening to it over and over. Well, and, I'll, and I would say that like, we do have certain, um, I mean, everything still live is pretty much, we know what we're going to do, but it's just kind of um, a communication thing. And then um, we have a certain time where it's like, okay, during this time is when you go for it. Do whatever you need, do whatever you want. Um, and I kind of uh, communicate with the band and and we just kind of, <clears throat> just kind of, kind of like, kind of like a, when you go to see uh, uh, an orchestra or something like that, you know we, it's up to it's up to a conductor, it's up to somebody to kind of like guide the band. And when you come see us live, we don't usually play anything like we did the last night, and that's just because that makes it more fun for us. It makes it more fun for the audience that that is there, who have or fans that come to multiple shows, and I think that that's the joy of of. Uh, of music is that you don't have like if you want the record perfect you got the record perfect and then when you go see the show you get something unique and something like a like an Easter egg has something new ever come out of a live performance that you maybe like in hindsight like oh man maybe we should have got that bit on the record absolutely yeah. for sure and I mean yeah like Josh Josh didn't actually play on this record but um, we, he he brings a new element to all of our songs that I wish were on the record and on records past on songs. I mean, he kind of makes everything even like a, like a brand new song in in itself. It's really cool. So when we play live, it's it's all Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in the mic. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should should we hear a side of this record yeah, that's coming so, out soon? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we're gonna have vinyls of this um, this month, and uh, it's in stores at Shangri La. Yeah, in stores at Shangri La. So go get it there. And um, yep, yeah, it was uh, produced by us and Mike Wilson, and then uh, flew it. And uh, Jim Spake is playing with saxophone on this on the second part of this thing, if you guys know who Jim Spake is. Listeners will know Jim Spake from Big Star and a lot of other records that have been recorded. Name in drop. 
Um, but Jim Spake is a very, very wonderful man, and we love him, and we appreciate him for uh, being on our record. But, you know, every, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> cha. But this record, was, yeah, it's this record, uh, cha. This record was uh, produced by us and Mike, and then um, we flew it down to Florida to get mastered by Kevin twice, one specifically for vinyl. So when you get the vinyl, it's going to be pure, how, how it should sound, how we envisioned it when we wrote this song. So, And we're going to listen to side B. Why side B? Why not side A? It's all one song, and side A is crazy. <laughs> we can handle it, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> side B is uh, more cohesive for a podcast listening, I would say. But please go listen to the whole record, please. Everybody in this room, please go listen to it. All right, let's hear side B.
All right. All right. That's the show. Thank you so much, Sunway. Thank, thank you, you John. Thank Shanger you so Long. much for having us. Yeah. You're all dismissed. Woot. The Shangri-La Records Podcast is a part of the Back to the Light Podcast Network. You can find it on the Network tab at backtothelight.net and everywhere fine podcasts are distributed. For more information on the shop, visit ShangriLarecords.com. No hyphen.